Hey guys, this podcast is being brought to you with the help of Blue Mic microphones and Skull Candy headphones. Check them out at bluemic.com and skullcandy.com. All right, the official Danko Jones podcast begins now. Welcome to another edition of the Danko Jones, the official Danko Jones podcast. This is episode number nine, but with Nick Flanagan here in tow, this is installment number deux. We brought Nick in, well, I brought him in last week, and we did our first podcast together seven days ago today, um, or, uh, an hour from now, it will be seven days ago to the hour. What did you think of our first podcast together, Nick Flanagan? Well, hi. First of all, hello. Hey. Oh, hey. Is That's that going to be your signature phrase. thing now? Hey. hey. Kind of a Fonzie thing. Well, I haven't really brought it up to anyone yet, but I really enjoyed the podcast, and I thought it was it it moved along nicely, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed talking about myself. I liked the part where I was talking about me, but I also liked the part where. It was then related to the Danko Jones lifestyle. I thought the the prank call revelation was an interesting fact about yourself. We didn't really get too into it. We 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 uh, what's what do you was it at not me? in the podcast? Did I listen to the wrong? No one? no no. We, we, you're giving me this look like oh shit I fucked up. No um. I didn't edit that, that part out. I edited all the other parts that no one heard of you going off about. Yeah, in the Toronto comedy scene. Let, let me. Tell you, you guys about have no Toronto idea comedy. how great the Toronto comedy scene is. I just that was all edited my... edited out. For Played a great show last night. Great. Oh yeah, you did play. But yeah. getting back to last week's show, um, I thought I thought it was good. I thought that there was a lot of uhs. Mm-hmm. Ums. Um, likes the likes are the ones that actually drive me the most crazy because I know that that doesn't mean anything and I know it's from Valley Girl talk. I'm and not I'm from so California. Critical of people who use it and then I'm fucking doing it myself. I thought you said um, but you said I'm. Did I say like a lot? Did you notice that I? Said I said like a lot. I didn't notice you saying like a lot. God, I've been just trying to phase that fucking word out of my speak. So if anyone has any suggestions about how to maybe. Uh, Lose these like involuntary you know, these things. things. <laughs> these, like you know, on this these th- ways we talk. I Please really let us know. I hate, I hate, I hate it when people use the word like. Everything comma. sucks when people talk most of the time. And, and I and also what I noticed you did mm-hmm. a little bit um, is everything was a question. Well, that's just how I talk. Talk. That's, That's just, just how, how I, I talk. talk. So, well, I noticed with you, everything is up at the end of every every sentence, even though it's not a question. So it's like, so uh, there was a subway delay. There, there was getting over here. Do you want to go to Starbucks? Oh, that is a question. Yeah, that's a question. <laughs> so you can do that, I guess. Uh, you could also just say, "Can I have a grande me. latte?" Do you want to go to Starbucks? Not That's a question. a question. But I didn't phrase it like a question. And then it would be that. the opposite of, of 
going up. At yeah, the I don't want to emphasize. That's I'm going to start doing annoying. my questions. I'm going to start doing my questions as a sentence, like as a period at the end of it. Okay. I'm going to start doing my question, my send. I, you know what else question. I say? I just said it. I said, okay. <laughs> That's your cross to bear. That's my, I got to figure that shit out. Yeah, you got to figure it out. Okay. Do you say it on stage? Do you ever drop an MK on the audience? Nah. MK, <laughs> babes, <laughs> rockers. No, nah, I'm in a different. I'm in a different mindset, man. But um, you do use the phrase "babes and rockers" when addressing your crowds, right? To distinguish I, between I, rockers and I, babes. I, I identify myself as a rocker, so yes, I. I identify myself as a babe. Yeah, I know that about you. That's why I opened the door when we walked into Starbucks to get these coffees we're sipping on right now. Not that they're sponsoring the podcast or anything, but if they were, that'd be friggin' amazing. Yeah, unless they hooked us up with Via, the instant coffee. But that was something that uh, JC pointed out when he heard the podcast. The Uh first, he had one criticism about it. He thought it was good, but the criticism he had was too many plugs. I was plugging away too much. Well, I was going to say, actually, that was one of my realizations, too. I I actually enjoy a plug. for. I think I have a sick enjoyment of people plugging things mm-hmm. on their own shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, Too much, he said. Well, I just think you should have had more fun with it. It honestly I sounded did, like you man. had a gun to your head for the really? first three quarters of the, of the plug. I, I was just... Listen, this is my whole thing about our sponsors, and I don't mm-hmm. mean to plug even further mm-hmm. um, but I just think it's really cool it makes our po- little podcast we're doing that much more official having these sponsors and yet these are sponsors of like the people who are sponsoring us the companies are things that I use I use these mm-hmm. legitimately these are these are brands that I definitely definitely use like there's some podcasts out there if anyone was to get into the podcast world where they're plugging like you know <laughs> sex toys then they're hopefully the the host is maybe they're them. using it but i don't think they are yeah because those guys are getting laid out of their balls because they're celebrities celebrities have the most sex yeah so there was a survey recently but you know i, I mean the skull candy headphones i use every day the Yeti mics and the and the snowball mic, the blue microphones, the blue the blue mics we're using right now, as we are the skull candy headphones. So God, I'm this enjoying is a plug them also, too. by the way. Yeah, I don't mean to I like that you've now you've now folded this <laughs> into being a plug. Well, I'm just addressing uh, JC's uh, uh, criticism that it was too pluggy. So I will let's you need let's, plugs. let's you know change what? the subject. I like a room that's got plugs all around. Let's just room. change the subject. I just like the fact that the podcast feels official that we've got sponsors. It's kind of like when I, you know, doing doing our band. I remember this one time we were on tour in 2003 and I was still using two guitars that I bought with my own scraped together with my own money. Mm-hmm. And we're on this this tour of Europe and we're headlining all these kinds of you know bigger venues and the opening band this is 03 the opening band had all these sponsors like they were all endorsed guitar pedals guitars amps even like various clothes that they were wearing they were all sponsored and we were on off days trying to find a music store so i can get guitar strings and you know asking if i had enough picks uh to see the next week of shows and i was just going something's not right here and when i finally got uh an endorsement or a sponsorship or whatever you call them with with gibson guitars man i felt so 
so legit because I grew up reading those guitar magazines and seeing like Kirk Hammett sponsored by Mesa Boogie. Exclusively and, uses. Yeah, exclusively uses. Sabian. You know, Ibanez guitar sponsored those crazy Roland. Steve Vai guitars and, and James Hetfield used ESP guitars and yada, yada, yada. And once I had my Gibson endorsement, I just felt, I felt, I really felt like I was, I was in a legit band, you know, as, as punk rock as it is, is to, you know, wheel around your own guitar and buy your own strings and blah, blah, blah. Man, it feels great when, when you get some sort of um, endorsement or just, just an acknowledgement that you're doing something that's, that's worth backing. Well, that happened maybe in punk rock to an extent in the 2000s because there was so much sponsorship of a bit of a different sort going around. Mm-hmm. You know, like what? Scion was sponsoring stuff, mm-hmm. Red Bull, Cold Vans. 45. Vans, That's a uh, big one. Converse. My point mm-hmm. is, people weren't necessarily getting gear sponsorships, but they were certainly getting free shoes and, and swag and raiding Fred Perry stores, you know, mm-hmm. after, you know, after hours. And uh, I dropped that? a you know. Is you know also a bad one? Oh, is this addressing what yeah. we were talking about just a few minutes yeah, ago? Yeah, I thought I'd backtrack. You know. I mean, the way I was brought up on punk rock was... Full-on grassroots, middle finger up in the air mm-hmm. to the man. Right. And Barf I've, on their laps. Huh? Barf on the man's lap. Just puke on the man. <laughs> okay. I didn't know where you were going there, but okay. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just like a big middle finger to everybody. And it's something... And yet, I grew, also grew up in the metal... Uh, the metal scene where I did an uh, I, I grew up in the metal scene where there was endorsements and all kinds of stuff you know there wasn't as well, much it's about, about making it it's metal all about was making ultimately it. right about making it I about think. making it so I had this these two worlds colliding as with a lot of people but there only a few people actually take that be in a band and have that collide in their band and and grapple with okay what should we do what you know I mean I I want to be a I want to have allegiance to my punk rock roots and have Ian Mackay proud of me mm-hmm. you know but at the same time you know it would be cool to be like Kirk Hammett and have a guitar sponsorship that kind of thing well I think that the big thing that happens is as soon as you get a taste of it you just go oh okay this is oh, much easier yeah. Oh, God, This yeah. is way easier. Fuck. I remember for the first tours we did when we would, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the set on stage go, does anybody have a place to stay? Yeah. And now it's like um, separate hotel rooms. Thank you very much. Well, yeah. I don't why need would to you smell wanna... your crap. Yeah, I don't want to hear after you, you leave the anything. washroom. <laughs> I mean, in a best case scenario, you're in three separate huge tour buses alone <laughs> oh, on each God. bus. You know, I've robots driving the bus. Oh, we've been on tours where I see that and I just, I look at it. With this longing in my eyes. <laughs> You're like, I want to burn this extra fuel so badly. But I used to do that when I'd see, like, um, bands have separate hotel rooms or something. Or even, yeah, but it just, two you know, hotel rooms between five guys. You're exactly. Like, wow, great. you got two. Yeah. I remember just getting one, hiding in the van, mm-hmm. so the, the, the night clerk doesn't see you. You've probably done yeah. that. Yeah, you you have the one the person with the credit card mm-hmm. goes in, gets the room, hide under the hide under the back seat, go by the ice machine. Yeah, go where there's an ice machine at the back. Okay, go we'll by, let you we'll in. Open the back door. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's, God, it's God. so sad. It's it, it's 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 not a, it's such an 
It's something no one talks about. No one talks about that. I never hear that kind of stuff. I always hear like when people get in the van stories, it's always about, yeah, this guy was bugging the shit out of me at the show and I punched, well, I'm doing a whole Rollins thing, but you know, it's all about punching the guy in the face who's bugging you or at the backstage or during the show who mosh, who stage dives on your crotch. But no one talks about the moments when you have to hide in the back of the van because the night clerk is, you know, might see you and charge you for two rooms um, and you don't have enough money and you're just thinking, all my friends at home are sleeping in their beds. They're making like five times more money than I'm making. They have internet. They've got, well, back when we were doing it, there wasn't even home internet. You okay, know? they have... Um they had uh, they cable. They might have a, a large... What, they have what? Cable? They, have cable. Cable. they had color TVs. <laughs> God dang it. Well, the punk rock one is, again, it's... it's Because we only did those kinds of tours, basically. We, if we got a hotel room, it was once or twice on a tour, generally. Right. Yeah. Um, touring Europe... God, I don't mean to sound like a fucking rock douche. No, it's fine. It, it's I think it has more to do with the bulk of our band being in our 20s and not really caring... For that period of touring, mm-hmm. more than necessarily, we probably would. I all get hotel rooms now because everyone's older. And dude, like you know, we've been touring for fucking fifteen years. Right, exactly. I mean, this is the first couple gonna, of years. If anyone's gonna fucking point their finger and, and charge me with being a dick, you do it for fifteen years yeah. with all your buddies in one fucking room. I mean, people are still band. There are bands still doing it, and and there's something to be said about in punk rock. There's a, a a network somewhat set up of people who are helping put each other up mm-hmm. and making food, whatever. Yeah. Especially in Europe, and I, I mean, respect that. I have yeah. all full respect. I for mean, that. in Europe, there's actually a really amazing kind of crossover sometimes where in squats might have a venue large enough that you know a band that commands 500 people could actually play, a, you know, a, a weird punk venue there. And they always make sure you have food, and they always make sure you're sleeping. So, so Europe is—it's really regimented, you know. They're so used to it; it's 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 mm-hmm. so great. And uh, and but in America, it's a lot more anything goes. The punk rock thing, it, yeah. It's like it's weird. It's weird. I, I would think that it would it would be even more advanced in Europe because you know bands like the Minutemen and Black Flag, they. Um, they started this thing, as far as I know. I mean, yeah, I could they, be they, wrong, they, but, but they stopped. I mean, they stopped being the Minutemen and Black Flag. Like Greg Ginn retreated to a home, and you know, and, but then and the, raised the next cash, generation then, took over. The next generation. There was took no. Over. There, there was no. I mean, the next generation were, were people who were just focusing on finding show spaces of their own. I think that was the next thing, and then God, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's kind of the '90s is such a weird mishmash of stuff in terms of the, the where where punk rock went. But my point was What's in the point? states, you know, you'll go play a punk show or a, a mm-hmm. garage punk show, whatever DIY right. kind of show, and they'll put you up. But the price you pay in in the states for everybody's partying, so you're gonna have to party. You might have to sleep on a pinball machine or something, in a best case scenario, a pinball machine. In a worst case scenario, in a cat litter. You know, we in a what? Like a litter box. For oh, a cat. cat litter. Okay. Uh, a cat litter kind of makes it sound like a bunch of kittens. You, in a worst case, in a best case scenario, you're sleeping on a soft pile of kittens, a kitten okay. cushion, right? And it's great, but 
I remember we stayed at a house. I basically wanted to get to this one story about um, a possible nightmare that can happen. We played in North Carolina, and there were a bunch of at a punk rock house, and it was with this awesome band, Double Negative, who were really great, and we wound up crashing at the house. Nobody came to the show. Double Negative left. It was a punk house that was all like twenty year olds. They partied in the room where people could have stayed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we had to sort of improvise places to stay in this house. Someone's the beginning of the tour or the end of the tour? Middle. All right. Um, our bassist took a room that had recently been abandoned by a kid who lived there who then had, quote, moved to Portland, unquote. Not the first, not the last. You know, if the story stops there, it's already a nightmare for me. Well, the, he had left a lot of his stuff, including a CD by known racist band Berserker. So there was just this <laughs> Berserker CD and a cot That's awesome. in this room. And um, our, our drummer was just trying to party with these people, but they were being weird with him. And I slept next... In the middle of the hallway around all the bedrooms, the guitarist John and I both slept next to each other. He snores. I couldn't sleep. It's the worst. Um, there was a lizard in a, like a terrarium, a mini terrarium, about two feet away from us. And then I hear this like pitter-patter and feel a pitter-patter of feet on my, my face, and it was a dog <laughs> going on me and this couple, this crusty punk couple goes with their dog into one of the rooms and then this other couple goes into another one of the rooms they both of these couples wind up starting to have loud sex <laughs> and my friend is snoring next to me and the only thing I could think to do at that point was to relieve myself sexually <laughs> are you serious? I'm totally serious <laughs> And you're saying it's the middle of the tour. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I was so upset by the situation. And the couple, the most troubling thing, you have to understand, <laughs> I was not including this punk couple who were having sex with their dog in the room in my relieving of myself. The other couple, the lady I managed to kind of go, eh, I can make this, I can, I can work with this other <laughs> scenario. <laughs> Honestly, if you're going to have sex that close to me, it's rude. I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Know. I agree. It's it's and the, plus my buddy, and then when my I told them that I did tell the band, and I honestly think it was part of the rift that led to our band eventually breaking up. Three. Are years you later. serious? I'm not 100 percent serious, but you know, how would you feel if uh, you so? Know? You're kind of outing yourself before yeah. your band members start talking shit about you. Yeah, Nick's a chronic masturbator. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a crying masturbator, not a chronic <laughs> masturbator. But only in dire situations. That was an emer. That was like you crack open the emergency fire hydrant. Well, you know, you really find out a lot about the people that you are in a band with when you go out on tour. Yeah. And it really can make or break. You know whether you guys keep it going. And there's so many bands that are so great. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're and you always and they break up, and you go, why did they break up? They've got such a great thing going. You can't find this magic, you know, by snapping your fingers and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Like Firehouse. Fire, Firehouse. What the 1990s glam band Firehouse? <laughs> yeah, I was sad. Or do you mean like Mike Watts Firehose? No, I meant Firehouse. Oh, okay. I don't know the other band you're talking about. 
You don't know Mike Watts' fire hose. I mean, I took out one of their kiss sets from the library, but I don't know them personally. <laughs> uh, and you know Firehouse. I met them a couple times at signings. <laughs> um, but but what, what I'm uh, getting at is, you know, you, you don't know what happens um, in those moments on tour that can really, like, break up a band because the band is... They miss their girlfriends and they miss their dog and they miss their toilet and their bed. They don't give a shit. They're at their wits' end. Anything can break them up at that point. And you really have to be made of sturdy stuff. You're you're a three-piece. I think that helps to be a smaller group of people, you know? In a way, but it's also, you know, you're more in each other's faces. Um, sure. Sometimes, sometimes you can kind of go, "Oh, I, I don't like that guy so much." I have four other people to talk to, or three other people to talk to. I wish, I wish I had someone to conspire with against this person. <laughs> that's well, bad. that's what happens in bands, that right? Does you happen. Five man. people in a band. You Fuck have yeah. Two guys are talking. Uh-huh. The rhythm section. Yep. They're like, "Hey, uh, I don't know. I don't like that this guy's doing this." Yeah. Uh, and then, the, then the the guitarist and basically the guitarist and the singer. Are gonna be two if they're two separate entities. There's gonna be some. There's that. I noticed the dynamic. the dynamic between guitarists and singers, but more so uh, singers and drummers. Not to say that that's I'm reflecting our band in this, but I've seen it in other There's bands. There's a lot of drummers. See, that's what I mean. I don't mean to to throw light on our band, yeah. but I've seen it played out in other bands as well. Like the drummer and the singer um, want the spotlight. The drummer is kind of like the weird instrument of the band and so obviously anyone who goes behind the kit wants that attention the singer who has the spotlight on them definitely wants the attention so there's this weird balance uh weird you know back and forth between drummers and singers and that's why you know i see people like nikki anderson from the helicopters and who who is a drummer in entombed Mm -hmm. and the singer in helicopters dave Grohl. yeah um is an obvious one and then there's gil moore from triumph he was a drummer. He's also a singing drummer. And Canadian. I actually do have a void about bands, 80s and 70s, late 70s rock like that. I basically mm-hmm. had to backtrack because oh, okay. just the 90s stuff. Well, that was when I grew up was the 90s. So, you know, 1990, 91 was when I was really noticing music. So it was just the tail end of those bands, really. I love uh, a lot of 70s bands, a lot of rock. My true love is like rock music. Rock. Not metal, not punk, rock. Hard rock. Slightly hard yeah. rock? Yeah, hard rock. Like Kiss is my true love. Right. Um, and then, you know, I also have a love for heavy metal because mm-hmm. I can't play it. So it's it's otherworldly to me. I can't. I, I look at those guys and I go, how do you do that? You know, the drums, the singing, the guitar playing. It's otherworldly to me. Um, I identify a lot with punk rock mm-hmm. because it's easy to get to. Everybody can play a Misfits song after... Three hours playing a guitar for the first time? Couldn't some members of the Misfits not play Misfits songs for a period of time? You know, we just played with the Misfits. How's that? This past summer. Awesome. Um, It was pretty cool. Uh, It was weird because uh, Des Kadena's in the Misfits. 
Oh yeah, he's the singer. He's of also now? yeah, he's he's a singer guitar player. That's Kadena from Black Flag. And Jerry Only is the only original Misfidian uh, in the band. Misfidiot. Miss. He was really nice, man. Jerry Only was very cool to me, and same with Des Kadena was really cool. I mean, Des Kadena was was a singer of Black Flag before Henry, yeah. and the first four years. Yeah, but there's Everything Keith Morris, Keith Morris in there up. as well. We got Keith Morris, Des Kadena. Who got, was the first uh, one? Was it? Was why is his name escaping me? There were three. There was Keith Morris, Des Kadena, and I honestly, the other guy is blanking on me. They're all really too. good vocalists, and I, for me, I, I, I do prefer that to to the Rollins stuff personally. Yeah, um, a lot of people are like that. I'm, I'm, I'm a Henry Rollins guy, but that stuff has really grown on me. The like the I had to sort of my war slip it in. Well, I really I actually Loose really nut. like slip it in. Slip it in I think is really cool because it's it's so fucking amazing. arty and metal, yep. but also but they're all arty and repetitive. And and, and Rollins is, I think is I mean, he's amazing on my war as well. I mean my, my war, war is, is also like good. my favorite yeah. top ten favorite albums of all time. And they're they're both bummers. I mean he turned Black Flag into a bummer punk band. <laughs> he <kinda> basically, did. <laughs> like. <laughs> The the old old black fat flag was like it was just so um so visceral that and 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 in a way universal the subjects mm-hmm. but then Rollins was just it was just like what are you fucking going on about man <laughs> well though if if you ever read get in the van his black uh his famous tour diaries from those black flag years it's all about living in Greg Ginn's parents' shed or garage yeah. or something called the shed, yeah, and um, just being all aggro for right. a reason that I can't really understand. Other he hated than the his dad. fact, yeah, but there's a lot of people who do, but it's just so carved out for him. Always hated my dad, but so you know I what? Went to the shed. He's he's. I think he's like fifty plus now, yeah. and he's he's um, been able to. Not backtrack on a lot of that stuff, but he's also he's he, built on it. He he he. I think I think he looks on that whole era and you know, kind of going ah, I was just a young kid. You give me a Jello by Afro spoken word album. Give me a Henry Rollins spoken word album. Honestly, I'm gonna go with the Rollins at this point. I love them both, man. But getting back to Des Kadena, mm-hmm. so we were playing this German festival this past uh, summer with Motorhead and the Misfits. And we got off, and I knew the Misfits were going to be around, so you're kind of like looking for Jerry only or whatever. And uh, we're walking towards our dressing room, and there's this guy with long hair wearing green makeup. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, this is one of the guys in the Misfits. And he goes, hello. And we all kind of just go, hi. And, you know, we kind of snicker when we reach our dressing room. And we're like, did you see that guy? Like, the, the Misfits guy? Like, who's that guy? You know, that's not Jerry only. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not Glenn Danzig. It's, it was Des Kadena. In, in a weird outfit. full Misfits makeup. And they did a whole bunch of Misfits songs. And they also did, like, Thirsty and Miserable, like yeah. some flag songs and yeah. stuff. And it was cool. They, they played it before us, which was, to me... Um, Weird because yeah, I mean, it, it would be you, weird. It's the Misfits. Yeah, because it's a band that I grew up worshiping. Yeah, worshiping. Like, like there there was a time in my life that I'd get up and there was I just go well. There's no band that beats beats the Misfits. There's no band Slayer, 
um, the Ramones. Nobody comes close to this amazing, amazing band that mixes, you know, these horror images with this really pop, melodic punk rock. But that also crosses a few different genres of punk rock. Like, The Misfits is so neat. Mm-hmm. The Green Hell stuff is yep. just so... It's really... You, you hear it influence bands like The Dwarves and like mm-hmm. all... And, 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 and then Halloween. There's Halloween. Halloween. And hybrid moments, these kind of Elvis-esque right. types yeah, sounds. Exactly. The, or uh, Angel Fuck is, is, mm-hmm. is like that. And... and um, uh, some kind I heard of love. that song "Cough Cool" the other day, and I, I didn't used to like it, and and then I I, I was like, this song's amazing. All these songs yeah. kind of have this lasting. La- they're, I just question mark the end of a sentence. By the way, this song's amazing. Question mark. This song's amazing. That's not a question. That's a statement. Yeah, this song's amazing. That's a statement. But th- th- I made it. Sound That's not like an exclamation it. either, dude. That it would be. This song's amazing. <laughs> That's an exclamation. This song and I noticed just to kind of veer off here. I noticed a lot of people you overuse exclamation marks. Oh yeah, exclamation point. I love it. I love. I love. I love it. exclamation mark followed by question mark, followed by exclamation mark in a so it'd be like this song's amazing. Yeah, kind of like, I'm like I'm amazed. I'm questioning my judgment, but then I'm amazed again. <laughs> but anyways, getting back to Des Kadena and. We, they played before us, and, and I was just sitting back in the dressing room getting ready to play, thinking, here's a band that I learned to play guitar with their music. Mm-hmm. Granted, there's no, you know, Danzig's not in there. and mm-hmm. um, But anyways, like growing up, learning all these Misfit songs on guitar and learning how to play guitar on these songs. I remember Hollywood Babylon being one of the first songs I learned um, with my friend Dave Byrne. Um, in my bedroom, uh, jamming out Hollywood Babylon, um, you know, before. Yeah, as soon as I on heard the, on the cusp of puberty or whatever, and here we are, like you know, fast forward, and and they're playing Ron before Ray's. us. Ron Ray's was the other singer in, in Black Flag. All I was trying to say was, Jerry only was cool to me. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was my. You had you, your end of your story was, and I uh, relieved myself <laughs> sexually. And, yeah, sexually relieved myself, and my the end of my story is, Jerry only was cool, and that pretty much just defines us as people, unfortunately. <laughs> Make it out to shows when I'm at home, man. Yeah. Like, Fucked Up played last night. JC uh-huh. went. He said it was a great show. I wish I could have gone. Yeah, with Biblical and Come On, two other And Weird Toronto Visions, bands. which is also really good and completely different. What's the name of the band? Weird Visions with a Weird. Y. That's like droney, completely different than Biblical. Like and, Shoegazer and stuff? No, it's more experimental even than that. I mean, it's a guy and some looped stuff. I guess it's Shoegazer-y, but it's... it's you know, there's whistling looped, and it's it's ridiculous, and it's got a black metal influence like oh. that. That sort of so folky it's like black metal element. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's not racist, which is always a treat. <laughs> okay. 
Best thing about bands that are influenced by black metal, not as racist as black metal. <laughs> <laughs> I actually prefer music that's influenced by black metal just because I don't feel as shitty listening to it. The only black metal that I do listen to, and I this is a really this is a, a interesting subject, is that record Philosophem by Burzum. We can't talk about it. No, 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 we can't. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm all about listening to anything and everything. Yeah. But I can't listen to Burzum. I'm not, and it's all almost a political reason. I just can't listen. It's horrifying what he's done. But but the thing about Philosophem, which I didn't buy, and I'm not usually like that. But I just downloaded it. it. I just downloaded it and listened to it for you know. So I'm stealing from this guy. He's the one person I dude. If there's one no person to download from. illegally from, yeah. with, with my consent completely, and yeah. and you can definitely plug it on this podcast. It's Burzum. So download your Burzum, folks. Find it illegally. Oh, and Gary Glitter. <laughs> you can also download Gary Glitter at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what else is there? Uh, you can download. Uh, oh, Fang. You could probably download Fang. And I'm not going to be Which too one? mad. Fang is that uh, punk band from the '80s. They had that uh, song called Land Shark. They had that song, "The Money Will Roll Right In." The money will roll right in. That. Great song. And what happened? That then? guy murdered. Just like oh, okay, a okay. Drug dealer. <laughs> I'm, uh, you don't. Not every murderer should have their music downloaded. But the Burzum can. But Philosophem is crazy. It really sounds like the most hateful. It sounds like a hateful. Of everything, this is the album. Robot demon, yeah, just demolishing. But the I world. love hateful sounding. That's music. why I like I it. But it. I don't. I don't listen to it that often. But every once in a while, if it but comes, but usually on, it's like I hate my mom and I hate my teacher and I hate my boss mm-hmm. kind of hate. Not yeah, like this I hate like, certain races. Yes, yeah, like a Viking god will erase all, all unclean. <laughs> All the dark people. Humans, you know, it's just, it's horrible. Horrible. And Have you ever seen When the, um, what's that documentary called? When the I haven't seen that movie. When the I read Lords of Chaos and I didn't see When the Light Goes Out. That's the one you're talking Not, about, right? When the Light Goes Out is your concoction. <laughs> it's called When the Light Will Take Us or... Where, where the Light Will Take Us. When will, anyways, when anyone will listening to us? the podcast knows what we're talking about. And if you don't, do a Google search, When the Light Will, whatever. It's about... Black metal and happy to have our sponsors Google on board. We've got a uh, <laughs> Google toolbar on uh, the computer here. Um, but they do talk to that Burzum dude, Count Gr- Count Grishnak, and he seems like he's reformed. He seems like a real kind of articulate, regular <laughs> dude. Um, but anyways, I still love a lot. I still love all. The, I I love Satyricon. I'm yeah. not. I'm not putting Satyricon in that batch of Burzum. There are some real legitimate, uh-huh. really should be endorsed because they're really cool and they're cool dudes. Um, offstage, black metal bands. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I think a lot enslaved. of that was was more enslaved or incredible. Well, enslaved's a little different, but yeah. Satyricon are incredible. Um, I like Demu Borger a lot. These are all Norwegian bands too. I want to steer away from metal. Yeah, we got really into metal. God, you know, because I just know weeks to come, there'll probably be guests that we're going to probably bring on that will, it'll, it's just going to be metal. They're going to run circles around me. Yeah, and it's just kind of going to be, it's going to turn into a metal discussion podcast that I do not want to start. Well, we could start talking about rap. I really love that guy, uh, Hammer. I'm, you know what, my... I love hip hop, and it's not something I really talk about on on record a lot. 
I mean, when when the time is right, I just kind of mention it. But I love it. But I only love a certain period of it. And it ended, I think, with the last Tribe Called Quest album. Once that was out, I think I just kind of said goodbye. Beats, I, I Rhymes, think, and Life? That record? That's not the last one. I'm left. sorry, uh, The Love, love movement. movement. Love yeah. Movement was the last one. And once they put that album out, and it has nothing to do with the band. Yeah. It just has to do with, I think, that kind but of some marked people an would, era. Some people would argue even that the, the Tribe Called Quest that was uh, the, love, the Love Movement and Beats, Rhymes, and Life was like even a different tri- Tribe, Tribe Called Quest. Because they... Involved Dilla, like Jay Dilla as producer, and mm-hmm. Consequences on the last record, and and it was. I mean, I, I don't agree with you. I still listen to rap like an idiot. Well, the, well, I was gonna say there, yeah. but then every now and then there's a there's a, a a guy rhymes that catches my ear, and I go, wow, that's that's great. Earl Sweatshirt is awesome. See, I don't know any of this. Yeah, anymore. this guy Earl Sweatshirt is like he's a kid. He's in the Odd Future thing, but he, oh, the Odd Future. He's that the I best know. JC is. JC is a the only reason why I know about Odd Future is because of JC. Odd Future loves cool. Odd Future. Odd Future is good. I mean, it has a backlash now. There is. Oh yeah, they, it's like five minutes. Like it's just it, it strikes me as something that's gonna that just came like two minutes ago and it's gonna last for twelve minutes. Yeah, and that's what rap is now. It's there's no mm-hmm. the the rule book is so buried in sand that people are just kind of doing what they want to do and it's uh, which is kind of cool too. It, this guy Danny Brown is great. But it's hard to keep up with. It's like yeah, it's like um. Like I don't know what you call it, like ra- techno or rave music. It's some yeah. of it's actually really cool, right. but Dub it's hard step. to whatever. Yeah, it's it's, but it's hard Come to keep on. up Bass with nectar. because it's just these twelve inches that have blank sleeves. You don't know the artist. Uh-huh. You don't know who it is. It's just some dude in his basement. And the thing about rock music, the thing about hip hop, is it gives a face and a personality to the music, so you can yeah. get attached to it. You could follow it. Mm-hmm. It gives you it leaves footprints for you to follow and understand. But some of this dance music, I sound like I'm 80 years old, but I just want to follow it and I can't. Yeah, I've never even looked into bothered. It. But there's some yeah, stuff yeah. that's good. Sure. That's why when it comes to electronica stuff, especially the duos like Justice and Boys Noise yeah. and Bloody Beat Roots, I listen to that cuz they've got a face, they've yeah. got a name. I was going to say that's that's the electronic stuff that always Runs ahead is it that has really good art direction or or a style to it. You know? Dizzy Rascal, yeah, you know these. Although is he he's still alive, <clears throat> I don't know. He put out a record like a year and a half ago. Didn't he get a ago? sex change and become MIA at some point? No, that's the guy from Life of Agony. <laughs> the singer <laughs> like from Life of Agony is actually in the midst of a sex change. Yeah, and Peter Steele's dead, but he's rolling in his grave right now like a rotisserie chicken. All right, back in metal. I don't need I don't need typo negative fans <laughs> on my case. You don't like that song, uh, the Agnostic not... Front song he wrote the lyrics for, the racist one. I love that I keep bringing it back to racism. <laughs> no, what's up with this? Racism, man? metal. Well, there's always been rap. a whole carnivore or carnivore racists. That's oh, what yeah. everybody was saying. Yeah. I don't know. You know, back in the day, there's all this kind of weird things, and I think people were just trying to find themselves. I I have friends who used to be skinheads and. You know, they kind of look down to their shoes when they they gets brought up yeah. when I'm in the in their presence. Right. But um, oh man, you, you know, shit, you can't be held accountable when you're 15 years old and you don't even know what who you are. You know, um, I'm I'm forgiving of that. You know. Yeah. I, well, you know, Eminem 
there was an attempt to discredit Eminem because there was a tape he made when he was 18, mm-hmm. 19, maybe younger, where he used the N-word. He, oh, I heard raps. about that. I heard about that. And it's 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 like youth that doesn't know the the boundaries and the I mean yeah, it's forgivable it's really it is now if you are like it's you regrettable know, it sucks but it's yeah not. but it's you're also a product of your environment yeah. and what are you gonna do you're supposed to come out of the womb completely politically correct knowing your boundaries not really man and if if eight mile is any indication of where he's from which I'm kind of guessing. He's from like a trailer park. It's it's kind of hard to be yeah, politically to correct. You know, you try growing up in that environment and see how long you'll last when you go, guys. I don't really like how you're talking to me right now. <laughs> you're gonna get your ass fucking handed back to you. Richard Pryor, white guy voice. Nice. That was the Richard Pryor, white guy voice. It was. Hear? Hey, I got it. <laughs> it was, I, I, man. That, I just tried to do it. It didn't say anything. No, like I got it. See, I, it comes with the genes, man. It comes with the genes. But, uh, hey, listen, man. I mean, we're done. We, we are freaking at the end of another podcast. I don't know if we were able to... T- Did we talk about anything? Well, we talked about being in a band. We talked about Black Flag. Mm-hmm. We talked about metal. We talked about Burzum. And I guess we did talk about we stuff. We talk, you told the story. I told the story. Things happened. Shit happened. We took calls. Mm, not really, but I, I, I put feelers out online, and it looks like we will have our first guest next week. I think I can say this That's prematurely. Great. He did agree to come down next week to my place, and uh, we're really good friends, and a lot of people know him. White guy. He's white, yeah. And uh, if he if it something happens and it falls through next week, it'll just be you and me. But we'll reveal who it is. I won't say who it is until next week. So what do you think about? Have to how's wait. that for a cliffhanger? Yeah, this is like the movie Cliffhanger. Are we saying bye? Yes. Okay, so let's uh, let's end it with another brutal night song. One of yours again. Oh, what a nice surprise! Yeah, let's. Uh, Let's end it with I Hate Chores. I do hate chores. You wrote this, l- the lyrics for this song, and you sing it. I did that. I do that with all of the Brutal Night stuff. So when you listen to this song that ends the podcast, it's Nick Flanagan singing, okay? Deal with it. <laughs>